Hello, Maggie? Oh my God, Maggie. Maggie. I hate you. Please help me. <coughs> oh, help me, Maggie, please. I'm desperate. The parenting world is full of advice. Some of it's good, some of it not so good. So who do you trust? I'm Maggie Dent, and they call me the queen of common sense when it comes to parenting. And in these special Help Me Maggie episodes on parental as anything, you get to ask me the sticky, tricky parenting questions you're dying to get the answers to. Some of my fondest memories are of mealtimes with my boys. Maybe they always seemed so glad it was dinner as they were always starving. It was often pretty chilled or sometimes noisy and there was often laughing and staring mum for yet another parent failure. And they did not like having any questions about their day at all. Now, research has shown that eating together as a family is, you know, it's a really positive thing. But because TVs, laptops and phones are so much more exciting, it can be a challenge to get kids to the dinner table, as this mum is finding out. Hi, Maggie. My husband and I are older parents and we have a five-year-old daughter who turns six in a couple of months. I'm afraid I've let her get into a bit of a bad habit of having most of her meals when she's at home on the couch watching TV. And she'll quite often ask that I sit there with her as well. Sometimes I oblige, but I've more lately been saying, no, no, I'm having my meal with Daddy and we'd really like you to come and join us. Occasionally she'll come, but it seems that she's not likely to change her mind about doing this on a regular basis. I got hold of a book about little conversation starters you could have to, you know, make it interesting for children to be at the dinner time table. But then she did say to me once, well, I would come, but so long as you don't ask me any questions. <laughs> so perhaps we overdid that. The latest thing I've tried is she gets to light a little candle when she comes in, which she likes doing, and then she'll sit there, maybe actually playing with a phone, mind you, but at least she's sitting down with us at the table. But I realise that this is not ideal and I haven't got her sitting there regularly anyway. So I just really appreciate any ideas you might have for how we can bring about this change of behaviour, given that she's now getting on to six. Thanks so much for your help, Maggie. Oh, have you heard of that fantasy of families that gather together around a dining table with beautiful, nutritious food and the children eat everything you bake for them and cook for them, including vegetables, and you chat lovingly to each other and are respectful and, yeah, <laughs> no, that's a fantasy. Now, there's no question that gathering around a table is something humans have done since the beginning of time. So we do know it's about us feeling connected and sharing food. And I really, really honour you, Mama, with this little concern because being a little older means that the, the gap between being a five-year-old and whatever age you are can seem really big in this space because you're now raising a child in a digital world. So I'm going to go through a few of the things that um, can help this, but also reassure you that every family works out what works for them around feeding their children and that the priorities, again, that I want to remind you 
in all families is the loving, connected relationship as the number one priority to raise awesome kids. And I think that's what you're wanting here. You want a little bit more of a connection with your little one. And you want to put a bit more boundaries around. And I'm going to encourage you to be a firm parent around that. So let's go to one of the things you can do. And this is that we have to have really clear boundaries around TVs, phones and devices around mealtimes. And we need to start as early as possible. And it means the parents' phones and devices as well. So there is a wonderful thing called a lockbox that you can lock them all in. But if you start that early enough and go mealtime is just a not negotiable, and then you've actually set a very clear boundary, she will protest initially. The next one is, yeah, it's a little bit boring sitting with two grown-ups and she's five, nearly six, and the things that she really wants to do. I watch, you know, Bluey on TV or watch something on her phone. So you can see that sometimes you are already on the right path with the lighting of a candle. What you're doing is making the mealtime more interesting than the TV or her phone. So that's another really important thing to keep in mind, that you can also do different things. Can we sometimes have a picnic on the uh, lounge room floor with the TV off? Can we sometimes have a meal sitting outside, and maybe if you've got a deck or outside on the lawn? In other words, it's the connection rather than the place and the time that can have some flexibility and making it a lot more fun. You could also let her have a bit of each so that weeknights it's at the table and then weekends she could possibly be on the couch watching TV. That's absolutely okay. Lots of families do relaxed dinners like that. So the next one is connection. What other ways can we connect other than dinner time when they might also love to have a chat? Always think of those other opportunities that you're filling her connection cup. So maybe have special afternoon teas when she gets home from school or maybe weekend brickies that are a bit more special. And don't forget the bedtime ritual where you tell her how much you love her as she falls asleep. All of those things are filling the cup that the research would show that positive meal times can create. And I also think that the questioning, <laughs> there are lots of kids who really find that is just annoying that we come and interrogate them. What they don't understand is we just want to understand how their day went. So with her, working out what is her favourite way of being able to share her day, often it's bath time or it's the pillow chat later on. And I would probably think that the small steps around those things can really help. Now, we also get lots of messages about kids misbehaving at the table, and I sometimes think our expectations are too high for our children, that being able to sit for 10 minutes eating a meal that they had, you know, sometimes no choice in can end up being a stressful thing rather than a lovely, pleasant fantasy meal. So sometimes I want us to be recognising that she can come and enjoy just eating the main part of the meal and then go off and do some playing somewhere else. Notice the boundary is still around the screen, so she can't rush back to that. Kids get up and down all the time. We know that, you know, there's a lot of our children sitting that long is just too long for them. Fighting at the table is a sign that it's not really working really well. My other tip around that is that we play some really calm music as we get towards dinner time because we know that can sometimes calm down the nervous system. 
Okay, the other thing I'd probably suggest, if she's got a little friend that is, you know, really familiar with your family, can she or he, whoever it might be, come for an extended play and also have dinner at your house before they go home? So that that means that she's able to see this is how it can work because she's a onesie and sometimes onesies don't know how other families are having those meal times. So I think what you're doing is absolutely fabulous. Pick, pick those special moments that she might want to come and join with them. But as she gets older, you're going to be able to have more, more conversations with your precious little girl. And then I guess my last little one is work out what works best for you and your daughter. Right, don't worry about the fantasy. Don't worry about questioning. Don't worry about getting a book out. Sit with your daughter and ask her, what would make mealtimes a little more interesting so that you can all spend special time together. So I'm hoping that those sorts of things are giving you some possible suggestions and reassuring you that the absolute most important thing you sound like you're already doing, you have a loving, warm connection with your little girl. Well done, you. Oh, no, and that's the last parental as anything for a little while. We're taking a little break, but never fear, we'll be back next year. And in the meantime, why not catch up on some of our great episodes you might have missed? There's more than 60 episodes to choose from, including Parenting Kids with ADHD, Will Onlys Be Lonely, How to Get Your Toddler to Stay in Bed and Sleep, and How to Help Your Child Make Friends. And... Help Me Maggie has already helped the mum who wrote in whose kids were suffering from childcare hangover. Yep, it's a thing. Hi Maggie, I don't even know where to begin, so let's start with thank you. Thank you for completely reframing our Thursdays for our family. We've just faced our first daycare hangover since the episode and it was the best we've had in a long time. I actually cried tears of relief when I heard you explain the physiological reasons behind the daycare hangover. Just that alone was incredibly helpful. It meant that I was able to respond to our children in a completely different way, without fear. And I need to give some really big thank yous to the Parental As Anything team, because really, I don't really sound this good all the time. Our fabulous producer, Maria Tickle, for the creative, the grunt work, the being absolutely over everything. Consulting producer, Carmen Myler, for being... over all the latest research and making sure I turn up. Producer Rebecca McLaren, who found us fabulous parents from all over the country. Executive producer Monique Bowley, who kept us on our toes. And sound designer Nathan Turnbull, who made us sound fabulous despite COVID and colds. But most of all, it's thanks to you parents. It's a tough gig. There's no holidays, no pay, and usually no thanks. And just by asking yourself, how can I do this better? You already are. And if you think this show might be useful to someone else in your life, your parents' group, your school, please tell them about it. Word of mouth in parenting circles is gold, and we'd love to reach and help as many parents as possible. We're a small podcast, don't have the big bucks to advertise, so you cheering us on will mean we can keep making more episodes. And this is Parental As Anything. I'm Maggie Dent. And remember, keep breathing. You really have got this.